All right. So good evening, everyone. First, first of all, I have first of all, Alikum, how are you? Nice to see you. Um, I said it, uh, I'll say it again here. The truth is that um, normally I would never go anywhere uh, a week and a half before Pesach. But uh, Baruch Hashem, I see the incredible work that my cousin Yorov and his rabbits are doing here in Hollywood. And it's absolutely beautiful and it's absolutely inspirational. And even just, I have to tell you, like even like... The only time I'm giving a share at 10 o'clock at night is Shavuos, right? And that's uh, so that, that, that this is even a thing here is such an incredibly beautiful thing. And obviously a testament to your love and a testament to all of you about wanting to create an incredible Malcolm Torah. And it's absolutely inspirational, absolutely beautiful. So I'll just share with you something, something interesting that I've been thinking about. You know, one, one of the ideas, one of the ideas that, that has drawn my attention this year more than anything is the concept, not just simply of Pesach, but the concept of Nisan, that Nisan as a month. The truth is, this, this journey for me began a little bit, a little bit earlier, because it, this, this is what really caught my attention, is that by Adar, we said, So the truth is, you do not find that concept by any other month. Right? There's no like Mishnichnas Tishrei, you know, Marbin Bitshuva, or already. There's no. Adar is unique because the whole month is categorized in, in its own way. The truth is, Nisan is also like that. Because if you look at Chazal, right, what do Chazal say about Nisan? Nisan Nigalu, Nisan Asidin Ligail. Which is interesting. Because if you were writing that passage in the Gemara, what would you say? How would you have written it? How would you have written it? What's going on up here, by the way? What's going on? This is, uh, I, I told you 10 o'clock is too late. I told you. <laughs> so I would have written it. I would have written it. But Pesach Nigalu, Uba Pesach Asidin Ligoel. Right? In other words, that's what this is. We were redeemed on Pesach. And ultimately, again, Gu'ul could come again on Pesach. And I always tell my children, whenever we go to the door for Shul Hamasla, to open up Eliyah and Novi, I always tell my children that you have to believe with all of your heart that Mashiach is, that Eliyahu Navi is on the other side of the door. In other words, it's not just, you have to believe it. You, in other words, it has to believe every single day, but before you open the door, you gather your family together by us, we sing an imam, and, you know, just, just, just to go ahead and get, and you have to believe that Mashiach is going to be on the other side, that Eliyahu Navi is going to be on the other side of the door. So the fact that Chazal don't say, Pesach Negolo, Pesach indicates to us, but rather, Benisan Negolo, Benisan Asid Negolo, that there's something about the month. It's not just about the Yom Tov of Pesach, but there's something about the month. So wherein lies the power of Chodesh Nisan? So I want to share with you, I want to share with you something, something amazing. I, I will just tell you, Yorav is a, is a first-rate Talmud Chacham. He got the Talmud Chacham genes in the family. Baruch Hashem, I don't. I'm, I'm more of the Darshan. So I want to share with you an incredible piece of Rabbi Nachman. So Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman gives a mashal. Rabbi Nachman gives a mashal. I just had a feeling Rabbi Nachman doesn't get too, too quoted often, too often over here. I just had a feeling. Had a feeling. Listen, no shul is perfect. No shul is perfect, right? There's always room for growth. So the Rebbe has a beautiful mashal. He talks about a king who decided that he wanted to decorate his palace with artwork. So he decided that he commissioned three of the most talented artists in the entire kingdom. And they had one specific mandate. The mandate was, I want you to draw something, but it's got to be lifelike. It's got to be the kind of thing that people will actually think is mamish real life. So beautiful. Three artists get to work. First guy gets to work. First artist, he's going to draw an orchard. So he draws a beautiful orchard with trees and his fruit on the trees. And it was so lifelike that the birds were flying in 
trying to peck out the fruit. Trying to peck out the fruit. That's how lifelike it was. Second guy makes a beautiful tapestry, also beautiful. He makes a panoramic view of the hillside. Rolling mountains, absolutely magnificent. And in the middle, he makes a window. Right, the window with a curtain. And the curtain is, I don't know what the right law should like, half drawn. Is that the right wording, right? Half, half closed, half closed. And it was so lifelike that when people went ahead and walked by, they literally were trying to like open up the shade. That's how incredible it was. Third guy, third artist decided he was going to make like a salon, uh, a living room, dining room panorama. See, he's, and this was very intensive. So he goes ahead and he spends, he spends a couple of days doing it. Mamish right about to put the finish, finishing touches. He comes in the last day and he's got everything. He's got the dining room table, the chairs, the sofas, end tables, everything. He walks in and he has with him a cup of water. And in the middle of work, he's just all, all engrossed in the work. He puts the cup down on the table. On the table. And of course, again, there's no table. Comes crashing down to the floor. The Rebbe says something amazing. He says, in life, people create illusions. Some people are able to create illusions that fool the animals. Some people are able to create illusions that fool other people. And some people are so good at creating illusions that they can even fool themselves. And the Rebbe says, we all create illusions in life. Think about this, Chavra, for just a moment. I feel like the good part about learning at 10 o'clock at night is you could be a little bit more real. So how many of us have relationships that are, that are in a state of disrepair. But we tell ourselves it's okay. My marriage is not good. No, it's okay. It's good enough. My relationship with my kids is not what it should be. My relationship with my parents, with my family. How many of us tell ourselves that I'm, I'm a Jew, I'm, good, I'm doing good, but I know that I'm not. I, 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 I know that it, it's not, my marriage is not what it should be. My relationship with my kids is not what it should be. And I create illusions. And if you're skilled enough with creating illusions, something amazing happens, which is you can even begin to believe them yourself. Not only do the birds get fooled, not only do other people get fooled, but I can even go ahead and fool myself. What's the power of Chodesh Nisan? Nisan is the month when all of the illusions came crashing down. Right? Remember again, how, do Chazal, how did Chazal describe Mitzrayim? Mitzrayim ultimately again... Mitzrayim was the Korah Barzel. No slave ever escaped. That was Mitzrayim. You get in and no one gets out. And what happens in Yechodesh Nisan? What happens in Yechodesh Nisan? Three and a half million people walked out the front door, right? There are 600,000 men between the ages of 20 and 60. Approximately three and a half million people. Three and a half million people walk out the front door of Egypt. Nisan is the month when illusions come crashing down. Nisan is a month where we have the opportunity to be real with ourselves. You know, we go through life and it's an incredible thing how scared we are of being real. How scared I am of like really looking at myself and really looking. I'm sorry, you thought like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to tell us a vart on the Haggadah. But these are Dvarma Omdim and Shalom. And it's just if we want Mashiach, you have enough Haggadah varts. Like we need to get our act together. And we need to figure out how to start firing on all cylinders and stop with all of the illusory lifestyles and convincing ourselves of certain things that are not true. You know, there's an incredible Gemara. Anyone here do the daf? 
Okay, so I don't know. So by by my share, by my share, I have to, I have to, by my share, we start, we stopped at the Mishnah on the bottom of Samach Bezim Abeis. It's really technically part of today's daf. So the Mishnah on the bottom. So without without getting into the whole discussion. So for those who are learning daf, a little chazara. For those who aren't, it's still interesting, nevertheless. The, the Mishnah is talking about. So Nazir Samach Bezim Abeis. The Mishnah is talking about that an Eved Kinani could take a Ned in Azirus. He has the ability to take a Ned in Azirus, right? So what's the halacha? So, the Adon doesn't have the power of Hafara, right? Because only a Baal has a din of Hafara over Ishta, over his wife. But there is no din of Hafara from a master to a slave. So what right does the master have? What right does he have? What we call nether suppression. He can't annul, but he could suppress. So he could force the Ebed to go then and violate the tenets of the Nazirus during his servitude. Of course, again, then if the Ebed is ever emancipated, he has to observe the Ned Nazirus in its entirety. Fine. So the Mishnah deals with the following situation. What happens if the Ebed runs away? What happens if the Ebed runs away? So it's a machlokis in the Mishnah about what happens. Rabbi Meir says lo yishta. So it's actually interesting, Shaila. It's a Shaila. If the Ebed runs away, now the Ebed is not with his Adon. So the Shaila now is on the Ebed. What could he do when he's away from his Eved, from his Adon? So Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi Meir says, he shouldn't drink wine. Rabbi Ozi says, he should drink wine. So says the Gemara, at the end of the Amr, so what's the Nekudas HaMachlokas, right? What do they argue about? So listen to this, this is incredible. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Man do Amr Yishta, Rabbi Meir who says, sorry, Rabbi Yossi who says that he should drink, Savar Sov Sov Mehadar Hadar, Ve'asi Gabay, Lishtei Chamri, Ke'echid Lo Lichush, so, so Rabbi Yossi is like this, let him drink. Why do you want him to drink? Why do you want him to drink? Because ultimately he's going to come back to his master. If he's not drinking, you know, again, that could hurt him physically. In other words, he won't be as physically robust. We want him to come back to his master and be able to go ahead and maximum output. So let him drink when he's away from his master. This will be healthy. So l- listen to this. Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi Meir says, he shouldn't drink. Why? Savar lihavilet sarah. Rabbi Meir says, no, 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 don't let the ever drink. Because if he can't drink what? If he can't drink what? If he can't drink, he'll have tsar. What's the tsar? No wine. So what's going to happen? What is he going to do? He'll go back to the master. Since he can't drink wine, and not drinking wine causes tsar, he'll go back to the master. Do you realize what a crazy gemara that is? So let me get this straight. You have a guy who's a slave. He's a slave. He ran away from his master. I, I would think, why do slaves run away from their master? To be free. Great. So now he's free. And now he realizes, oh, what's the price of my freedom? What's the price of my freedom? What's the price of my freedom? No wine. No wine. Right. Give me another. No, no wine. No wine. So therefore, Rabbi Meir Rabbi says, oh, once he knows there's tsar and freedom, you know what he's going to do? He's going to go right back to the master. Really? You have a choice between your freedom? Okay, freedom comes with tsar. Freedom comes with some discomfort. Freedom comes with some inconveniences. So you have a choice between freedom and servitude with wine. And Rabbi Meir says, we're pretty sure, we're pretty sure. The statistical probability is he's going to come back to the master so he can be comfortable. You know what the Gemara is teaching us? It's not just about the Nevit Kanani, it's about life. That often life represents a choice. I have a choice between a comfortable mediocrity or striving and pushing myself for something bigger but recognizing that pushing myself for something bigger often comes with discomfort and often comes with difficulty 
and often comes with challenge, and often comes with tsar. And you know what Chazal are teaching us in this incredible Gemara? Incredible Gemara Chazal teaching us that what do most people choose? What do most people choose? Most people choose comfortable mediocrity than tsar-filled greatness. What an overwhelming Gemara. Not just about Evakinani, about people in Hebra. How often does this happen in our own lives? Right? Greatness is within reach for each of us. Greatness is within reach. But you know what the whole hop of greatness is? Greatness always comes with discomfort. There is no such thing as greatness. And that discomfort can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. Sometimes it's as simple as, I need to squeeze more out of my day, so I have to give up more sleep. Giving up sleep is, is definitely discomfort. Sometimes it means that I have certain tendencies, certain behaviors, certain midos that are not good. So I have to restrain myself a little bit. Restraining myself is often uncomfortable. Sometimes a person is just naturally and inherently egocentric. By the way, you know, people are by nature egocentric. You know what the most common, common first word of children is? Most common first word? No. 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 Now, maybe it's because it's monosyllabic. I'm sure the speech therapist, I'm sure there's a whole chap with it. But it's incredible, right? Because at the end of the day, deep down, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do, right? I'm in charge. My life is about me. Don't tell me what to do. So, Hevra, every single day we're faced with this choice of the Mishnah on Samech Be'ezam and Be'ez in Nazir. We're faced with this choice. Comfortable mediocrity or uncomfortable greatness. And the shadow is, which one do we choose? So that we realize it or not by default, we often choose, without even thinking about it, the comfortable mediocrity. But we're very talented, so what happens? I'm able to create that illusion. I'm able to paint that beautiful panoramic tapestry that makes me believe that my mediocrity is not really mediocrity, and it's really the best I can do. But it's not true. And Nisan is the month when all of the illusions come down, right? The greatest illusion was that an Eved can't get out of Mitzrayim. That was the greatest illusion. And this is the month, ultimately again, where that illusion was shattered. And if in the month of Nisan that great illusion was shattered, then we have the ability to shatter all of our other illusions as well. We don't have to live with illusions. We don't have to create an alternative narrative in order to justify what we're doing and how we're doing it. We don't have to pretend that we're pushing ourselves to do everything we can when we know that we're not. Instead, during this month of Nisan, we could choose uncomfortable greatness over comfortable mediocrity. There's a beautiful B'nai Yisasra. I'm going to try to get in as many Rebbe's as I can. The beautiful B'nai Yisasra. The B'nai Yisasra says on the passing, and it's so beautiful, so simple, so beautiful. He says, HaChodesh HaZelochem. So the Bnei Yisachar says something so beautiful. He says, Lachem is the same word, same letters as Melech. Hachodesh Hazeh Melech. This month, I could become a king. What's the difference between a king and a commoner? A commoner is often subject to someone else's created realities. A king creates realities. And this is the whole essence of the entire Seder, right? We focus so much on Chayrus, right? So we often understand that the idea of Chayrus, the idea of Chayrus is Chayiv Adam Liros is Atzmo Kilu Yatsam Mitzrayim. What's the problem? What's the problem? There wasn't an element of Chayrus during the first Seder. Remember again, how did they eat Karim Pesach in Mitzrayim? 
right? Masnechem chagur, right? Masnechem chagurim, nalechem baraglechem, akelchem biyatchem, right? There was no relaxing. There was no nice utensils on the table. So what's the pshat with the chirus by the lela seder? So perhaps this is what the Rebbe is saying. The whole avoda of the lela seder is to remind yourself you're a melech. So if you're a melech during the month of Nisan, so I'm a melech, I'm a king. I could create realities. It's the month of Nisan where all of the illusions come crashing down. I don't have to live an illusory life. I don't have to convince myself that mediocrity is the best I could do. I could choose uncomfortable greatness over comfortable mediocrity. I have that ability. Do you know why? I'm a melech. I am a melech. And a melech gets to dictate his own reality. Now, it's true. There are many realities we can't dictate and many things that we can't choose. That's absolutely true. But the kind of people we want to be, the kind of lives we want to lead, the type of neshamas and relationships we want to create, that is up to us. And this is the month. This is the month where we have the ability to make something great. It's not a vart and Haggadah. It's a vart in life. It's a vart in life. In Hevra, I'm sharing something with you that I'm personally myself like struggling with a lot because when I take a step back and I think to myself, there are like a lot of illusions I've created. There are things that I know that are broken, but I've convinced myself either that they're not broken or that they are broken and I can't fix it. And I realize, why do I do that? I don't have to do that. I know why I do it. I do it because living with illusions is living with mediocrity and that's very comfortable space to be in. But in this month of Nisan, I could be a Melech. In this month of Nisan, I don't have to do that. In this month of Nisan, if I roll up my sleeves, if I have the courage to identify the illusory aspects of my life, then I have the ability to say, okay, illusion, 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 illusion. Comfortable mediocrity over here. It doesn't have to be that way. I could change it. I can live differently. The cheiris of the Seder doesn't just have to be something that lasts for a couple of hours. It can be something that begins at the Seder and Amir Hashem accompanies me through life. So it should be Zoha Amir Hashem that in this month of Nisan, when the most dramatic of all illusions came crashing down to the ground, we should find the courage to look at our own lives, to look at ourselves, and to be honest. Are there illusions with which I am living? And if I am, to find the courage to stop. To find the courage to say, no more. I don't have to lead an illusory life. Again, I apologize for being repetitive. I'm ready to embrace the discomfort of greatness. And I'm willing to shed the comfort of mediocrity. And if we're willing to do that, then in the same way, in the same way that our ancestors experienced the Geula. And that's why, by the way, I'm sorry, just coming full circle. That's why it's not the Pesach Nigulo Pisa and the Pesach Asin Nigal. Because this element of the illusions coming crashing down is not just a in Pesach. It's a din in the entire month. It's a din in tonight. It's a din in tomorrow. Yes, it's a din in Pesach as well. But it doesn't just span for the seven days of Yom Tiv. The entire month has this koach. We should be zochem Yerash Hashem to tap into it. We should be zochem Yerash Hashem to maximize it. And halavai, if we do our part and take down the illusory tapestries, if we do our part and again, eschew the comfort of mediocrity in the pursuit of the discomfort of greatness, same way that our ancestors experienced Gula during this month, we should be Zohar Hashem to do the same with the coming of Mashiach, the rebuilding of the base of Mindish Rabbi Amenu. Amen. Amen.
Dankeschön. Das ist fantastisch. Ich darf ja auch mehr wieder.